Welcome to the first officially official episode of the Spin Tune Sports Show. I'm one of your hosts, Al Bielsi. With me is my co-host, Shafe. We're here to shoot the shit and talk some sports. But first, I have to tell you that we are brought to you by the AAF. Uh, that, that's what? not right, Al. They, they are no longer a thing. Sorry, I've just been informed that the AAF was dissolved. And now this is awkward. <laughs> anyway, rest in peace, AAF. We hardly knew you. Yeah, I gotta make sure that, that check clears, Al. I don't know if it's going to. Uh, somehow I doubt it, because I'm pretty sure the players weren't even getting paid. Yeah, that story of, like, a player going to the uh, ho- their hotel, and, like, they went to check out, and he still, he's like, no, you owe us, like, $500. <laughs> They're like, no, the league. And he's like, no, we never got paid. That was an even bigger shit show than our debut episode, our <laughs> teaser episode <laughs> that came out a couple weeks ago. Yeah. We hope you're still with us from that. Yeah. If not, then you're entirely new listeners who are listening to this, yeah, and that's great. I, I think, listening back to it, uh, we didn't really have any expectations going in. We didn't really write anything out. We just kind of sh- shot the shit on well, that. Well, the thing is, I'm actually good with the content from the first episode. Yeah. It's the sound quality. Again, I'm yeah. going to apologize once more. Yeah. We should sound much better this time around. Hopefully. Um, well, except for me, because my allergies hit me like a freight train. So, my voice isn't ideal. Yeah. Speaking of voices, that was the first time you got to hear yourself recorded in any sort of, sort of like long-form way. What did you think? Yeah, you, you, you sent it to me, I listened to it, and I thought to myself, if this is what I sound like, fucking kill me. <laughs> I sound like I haven't hit puberty. It's amazing, you know, you hear yourself talk and... I'm sure there are a couple of people who love their voice. Morgan Freeman's got to be happy with his voice, right? Yeah. But I think the average person is probably just like, eh, it's my voice. No. I, don't, I don't think one way or the other of my voice until I've heard myself record. Yeah. It, 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 when it comes out of your mouth, it sounds a lot different than when you hear it back. Hate it. Yeah. To, I, the, to the point where I've actually heard myself in recordings where like someone was taking a video of like like a party or something like that, and I've heard my voice in the background, and I don't recognize myself. You should hear your laugh, Al. It's fucking bananas. That I would recognize no matter where I heard it. <laughs> yeah, so I heard it back, and I was like, holy sh... If this is what I sound like, no wonder I'm single, and no one talks to me, because my <laughs> voice is fucking awful. Uh, but yeah, I, I thought the first one went all right. I thought it, it kind of... It was just kind of rambling, I thought, so I think it was a good first episode just to... We're probably still going to ramble some. We're going to try and be a little bit tighter. Right. I think it was a good. It was good if you if people want to listen to it and just kind of see why we're doing it and you know who we are. It's a good first episode. But yes. We actually so, have topics we talked about beforehand. Like, hey, we're going to hit these today. So yes. I think that's a better. Yes, reason. we are much more prepared this time because we actually want to be somewhat prepared for the average episode. Yeah. Um. So, with all of that preamble out of the way, we're going to get to the episode proper now. I'm going to open this beer real quick. Yeah. Um. So, the first thing that we're going to talk about very quickly today is Jets jersey reveal. The new Jets jerseys. Uh, that was a roller coaster. Yes. Yes, Mostly it was. Mostly a down roller coaster. <laughs> <laughs> Mostly a flat level, very little turns, maybe seven under kids roller coaster. Um, well, yeah, it wasn't exciting like a good no, roller coaster. They wanted it to be, though. The, yes. they, they, they did not realize who was going to be there. Because J.B. Smooth's out there, like, he's doing his stand-up, cracking jokes, and when you see the video, it's just media in the front, like, 50 people, well, I, and they're just staring at him, like... The problem is, like, half the, the audience was, like, former players, right. current players, current, like, staff who works for the team, right. and media, and then the other half was, I guess, fans? Yeah, but they, they, in the picture, were so far back, you couldn't see them, so when J.B. Smooth's doing his stuff, like... 
you can't hear people laughing. You just see the front people, and it's all media just like staring at them, taking pictures. And I was like, they don't realize what they're doing. And not just media. The, a lot of those people were like actual photographers right. because it was essentially like a model. Right. Like they had a runway set yeah, up. Hundred like, percent. So everyone in the very front was people with either cameras or video recording right. or like microphones. Like yeah, those were people who were working the event, not yeah. even like. I thought JB did a good job. It was tough for him to. He he. I thought he did. He kind of. Sway the night, and he—he, he, I thought he was a good MC. I wouldn't be able to tell that well because I was listening or wasn't listening to most of it. Most of it, I was watching with me, while muted. When they brought Max out to perform, that was like he First was all, singing and doing his like dance routine, and people were just stare. No one was dancing. No one was singing. At all. First of all, I have to ask a question: Who the fuck is Max? Uh, he's. He had uh, one hit I know of. I think it's... Did they say he was like a Grammy winner or Grammy nominee? I don't know if he won a Grammy. I know he had one big song that wasn't long ago. There, there was something when they were introducing him. They they, they oh, said no that idea. either it was like Grammy winner or Grammy nominee. He might have been nominated. And I was like, oh, like that's kind of cool. It and wasn't then, a bad song. Then the word Max came out and I was like... It wasn't a bad song. It just wasn't... This? It wasn't this, the... Like, it wasn't the situation for it. Like... I'm sure there it was probably a different reception, but watching it on screen, it looked like. Well, the thing is, they definitely did it like you would expect football. They had a halftime show. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't really expecting yeah. that. Um, I mean, it was an interesting ceremony. Uh, the jerseys obviously were the big part of it, which were the ones that were leaked. So I think that took a little bit of the surprise. They got to be out so pissed about that. They have to be pissed. And I can't blame them because, like, and the thing is, there for months now. There's been quote-unquote rumors there was leaks yeah. like of other everyone's seen at least two or three different like jerseys that were, right. oh these are the gestures we think they're the just jerseys no they weren't yeah um they did a really good job of keeping it all locked down until, until the, the day 24 yeah. or maybe 36 hours before yeah. that's got to be so frustrating it's like tripping when you're running a marathon and falling right in front of the tape yeah uh, yeah, I heard that uh, Chris Johnson like went to the meeting and just lost his shit the day of. I bet he would because like if it had happened months ago, you yeah. would have been mad, but it would have been like, okay, this happens with hey, everything. Let's change something on it so it's not. Let's this happens one part of it all the time with you know football stuff. Yeah. people, how many people are plugged in? How many people have good source? Whatever for it to get that close. Yeah, yeah, that's that's demoralizing. But that's just, that's peak Jets getting you know right there and then just <laughs> fucking it up. Uh, as far as the jerseys. From most things I've seen, people do not like them. I like them. I haven't seen... Well, outside of Deadspin saying that these new Jets jerseys, S-U-C-K, suck, suck, suck. Yeah. Um, well, everybody's comparing them to like high school jerseys, college jerseys, the, the Canadian football well, team the, jerseys. The issue... It's with, like anyone with green, they're just comparing... Hey, this, green, this jersey has green in it. It's the same. It's not... Really they're the relatively unique in that because they are one of the few teams that feature green heavily in their jerseys. So, yes, they are... For, at least as far as the NFL goes. Right. So there's already going to be, like... But that's not necessarily a bad thing that it's not compared to other NFL jerseys. Right. You want to be somewhat unique. Um, the only reason I compared them to the high school jerseys was because they uh, looked a lot like uh, our yeah. high school's jerseys. I, I thought they were clean. Uh, once I saw them modeled instead of the picture, I really liked the white ones. Well, I thought the white ones were really good. I'll tell you one thing. Um, seeing them on an HD screen for, like, an actual HD picture. Yeah. They look a hell of a lot better than they did in that 100%. grainy screenshot yeah. that I saw. But I originally thought I was going to like the green ones. I saw them... When I saw them, like, actually, I thought white are good. The black are pretty good. I didn't think I liked the black. And I thought the green were pretty good. So I, I think I like the white is the best. Uh, for some reason, they're getting killed. But Sam Darnold said it best. He's like, if we win, they're going to look good. If we're bad, we're going to get made fun of. And the, that's exactly it. The thing is, I can't understand how anyone would absolutely love... 
or absolutely hate them. They're not unique enough yeah. to be loved or hated. Yeah. Um, if you're like, eh, they don't really do anything for me, or if you're like, yeah, I like them, which is kind of where I stand, where I'm like, they look good. I just like I, the color green. I was never a big fan of the dark green. I was like, I, I, I mean, I've always liked the color green. I've always liked the darker green. This is good. I was worried it was going to be like, I've been okay with like the Kelly green. Kelly green was kind of what I was expecting. I don't really like like that really light shade where it's almost yellow green. Yeah, like, that I, I thought they did a good me. job on. It's not Kelly green, but it's close for people that like that kind of old school look. No, as far as just picking the, like purely the shade of it, Gotham I'm a green. fan. Gotham, Gotham green, green, Gotham um, green, and uh, and stealth black yeah. and spotlight white. Those are good names. Those are electric names for <laughs> for what Gotham green, Gotham is green, That's and electric. spotlight white. I love that. Uh, but the only thing I really would have changed was the helmet. I mentioned this to you before. I didn't like the football underneath. Yeah. If they just did like their whole campaign. Well, it should have either just been Jets, and I like the font, or like you said, with with the under with like the contract. The whole like, campaign, they did a take flight like, and they had that one little stripe underneath it that looked like a wing. If they just did that, I thought for sure that I was gonna get in the helmet. Well, I will say it's odd for a franchise that's literally called the Jets because they're right next to a fucking right. airport. Um, it's weird how much they avoid any right. connotation of actual I thought actual that jets. little line, it looks like a wing. It makes, it looks better than the football. I thought that would have been perfect. Uh, well, they they love that football look for some reason. I would have preferred, like, what you're saying, too. But the thing is, if they, were, if they weren't going to do... And I would have just left the football off completely and yeah. just had it been Jets. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so, I, I like the jerseys. I thought uh, there was a few people that really liked them. And I saw a lot of negative tweets, but it's the Jets regardless of what they released, people are going to hate on it. Yeah. And, and what Sam said was, was perfect is, if we win, people are going to love these jerseys. If we suck, people are going to make fun of us. And of that's all, it. Of all the Nike redesigns, um, it, well, what have they been, like six or seven yeah, of them now? I know it exists on the top half yeah. of them because I don't like the brown jerseys. I really don't like, I used to love the old Titans jerseys. What yeah. Titan did yeah. is completely, they ruined like all personality of it. It's super generic. I hate the numbers on the Buccaneers so badly because I can't read them. Right. Uh, the Jaguars jerseys are fine. They're kind of blah. I would put the Jets above them. The Vikings kind of kept basically their same look and right. we have the same style of helmet as them so I would give them kind of... And the Seahawks is the only like big redesign that actually looks good. Yeah. I, I like them so we'll see. Uh, I, if we get Josh Allen, I'm for sure getting a Josh Allen white Jets jersey. <laughs> uh, but... I hope they let him keep 41. You can wear that as a yeah, linebacker. I I, yeah, they may not let Josh him. Josh White, I'm getting. Um, but I, that's all I really was And that was, was 41 screen. screen. Yeah, so it's not open. even yeah. a conflict anymore. No. So yeah, that's about it for me. I um, I like them. They're fine. Uh, but it, it's all going to matter what they do on the field. Yeah. If they start winning games, if they have a legit offense, oh, hey, look. Yankees home run. Nice. We're watching the Mets and the Yankees. We're trying to be true to our New York sports yeah, roots here. Yeah, I think that's a good segue to get to... Uh... So let's go... Uh, that was Gleyber Torres hitting a home run, just so you guys can mm. kind of track where we're doing this. We're recording this on a Sunday afternoon. Yeah. Um, so let's get into some Little Mets, Mets talk. talk. Best team in New York. Uh, <laughs> what? I have... We did our projections before the season on what we thought Yankees and Mets would do. Uh, I had them before the season started. Oh, do you have those up? Because I do not have them. Uh, me. I had them at 86 wins and second wild card. You had them at 83 wins. I don't know if you had. I don't think that would make the playoffs. Um, no, I don't think they're gonna make it. Do you, even I, with I, the I, first I, week. I mean, it's very early. Obviously, six and two. Would you change it if you could? No, because they started 12 and one last year. 11 and one, but oh, yes, close enough. <laughs> yes. Uh, the, I I would keep my number. I, I will say. 
I do think this team's better than last year's team. 100% better. Um, I think they're closer to 2015 than they were last year. I, I think they'll be playing meaningful games in September. I just don't think they'll make it. That's fine. Um, I think... I would keep my number 86. I do think they'll sneak in. I would. Ch- I had the Nats winning the East. I would change that. I thought the Nats would have like the Tavares effect with Har- Harper leaving. They would like, all right, he's kind of a distraction. We're in a group together. We got some good signings, and we're going to use that and kind of take that first spot, which they've taken in the last couple of years. Over not last year, but over the last you know five years, uh, the Mets downfall is going to be one of three things: Mickey Callaway, <laughs> the bullpen. And defensively, we are awful. Yep. Awful. Which is something I've been saying to you and, and Mike for a while now. Like, you, and we're talking about years now. Like, yeah. You can build your team around, we're just going to have great pitching and we'll, we'll, we're not going to spend on big hitters. And that's fine. But if you're going to do that, you have to be excellent defensively. That was the Royals model. Yeah. It was the Rays model. Yeah. You can do that. Um, but they didn't do that. They right. have bad hitters who are also bad fielders. So they're just bad players. I think we have a big boy lineup now. Uh, once, especially when Cespedes comes back. Oh, look at that! Back to back. Okay. Is that uh, Frazier? Two home runs, two days. Nice. Um, I would say that this lineup, the Mets lineup, is is good. I've, I haven't said that. It's definitely days. better than it's been. I I, I still just think lineup. that it's not good enough to outstrip how bad the defense. And their starting pitching, I think, is still going to be great. Vargas obviously is going to be a huge question mark. Um, <laughs> Do you like my pro- my projections yeah, for Vargas? Yeah, we'll we'll tweet the, we'll tweet the projections out. <laughs> For individual players, we both did um, Mets and Yankees projections for uh, the whole season, so we'll tweet that out. Um, but I'm surprised by how close our projections were. For the for Mets were. Most of the players, yeah. Yankees, we were way off. You never actually sent me your Yankee Oh, good. So I don't know what you're... That's good. Okay, that's good. I'll tweet, you'll, when I, we tweeted that, you'll see it for the first time. Um, but in, in terms of the Mets, I think they have a good... Their one through four starting pitchers are going to be really good. The bullpen is going to be shaky. Mickey Callaway handling the bullpen is going to make it worse because we've, we're, we're eight games in, and he's already fucking this up. Now, do you know, are, are they driven by the front office? Because the Yankees... They're analytics-based. That's what I'm saying. And a that's lot of, concerning. A lot of people have been... Have been the last couple of years of Girardi's tenure, and in the first two years of Boone's tenure have knocked him for... He doesn't make the choices. Yeah. Not very much. Yeah. I mean, no, I'm sure I, he makes some, but I think it's it all is, driven by the front office. I a lot of teams are like Mickey-based, um, but... I, I don't know what he's doing. He he's Seth Lugo had the stomach bug, and like he pitched him three straight games. Like they're like, oh yeah, Seth Lugo has got the stomach bug, and then three straight games he came out, and his fastball was like ninety when it's usually like ninety five. See, I'm inclined to believe that's actually a front office driven thing because that's if you if you listen to the Yankees at least when they were hiring Boone, what they were saying at the time was, we want we have we're spending so much money on the analytics. We believe in the analytics. It's proven to work because the top teams are the ones who are using it. Right. Um, so the whole idea of having a guy like Boone is he's smart enough to know that you should take the numbers and run with them, but also be smart enough to know when, when, they, yeah. when that they don't intersect. So, the, so that sounds like the team is overriding Callaway because that's based on, again, this is at least based on what the Yankees were saying. Yeah. If Boone knows that his reliever has got a stomach virus and they say, oh, he's going to have a great matchup. No, no, he's shitting his pants right now. I'm not pitching him tonight. Yeah, and the front I, office will be like, you know what? I don't that know. makes sense. I don't know who it is. I'm going to I'm going to blame Mickey Cowie. He's the manager. I don't know if it's the front office. Um, but hit, uh, Jeff McNeil went four for five in like the third game of the season. And the next day, Mickey Cowie said, oh, four for five doesn't mean that you're going to go four for He sat on the next day. 
And like, I, so they I, are being driven by analytics completely then because my, that's what head, the Yankees like, have been doing for a few years now. He doesn't believe in players getting hot. Like, you, you, you don't believe in a player seeing the ball differently throughout the season. That 100%, ask any former player, do you, do you believe in hot hitting streaks and when you're cold? And Mark Teixeira was on the case show, and I heard him talking about it. He's like, my whole career was, I knew when I was hot, I knew when I was cold. And I was like, if that is such a red flag to me, if you don't think a player can translate and, and seeing when you're seeing the ball, if you think someone can go 0 for 4 with 4 strikeouts and the next game they're going to go 4 for 4, I, I don't see that. Well, the thing is, well, the funny thing is, um, against the the grain of that was what happened with Judge the last couple of days. On Thursday, he went like zero for four, zero for five with four strikeouts, the next day and then he hit two home runs yesterday. Yeah, like, I, I'm sure it can happen, but the fact that he thinks Jeff 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 McNeil has played well this whole season, he he sits him because he doesn't like him against lefties. But well, the the thing is, I I am inclined to agree with you that the whole thing with. Oh, like you can be on a hot streak or a cold streak. Totally. The thing is, there is no scientific way to, to be predictive right. of it. Because you can be on a total hot streak. You can hit six home runs in five days. Right. And then you could hit no hits for the next yeah. three days. You, you don't know when it's going to come around. Right. But I would be inclined to let it right. go. Like, okay, he's four for five. Let's play him tomorrow. Right. And if he goes over four, fuck it. Okay. You get a day exactly. off. Like, exactly. So that's my big issue with Mickey Callaway. His managing the bullpen has been, has been weird. Uh, he's burned where he had it. He didn't need to use Edwin Diaz. We wanted to rest Ian, uh, Edwin Diaz, and he'll bring out. He love he loves having a reliever come in for like an hour or two, sitting for the next inning, and then coming back out. And that next inning never goes well. He'll he'll have Familia come out. But that's not out. that uncommon of a thing, though. With Familia, never works. Well, now again, that's got to be knowing your pitcher. Yes. Um, which again goes to the same thing. It means he's got. It means he has no balls. He has no power. Right. Like, the, the, the front office is giving him every... I, I think that works with Lugo and Gazelman, who, who have done long long relief. For Wilson, Familia, they're used to... Familia was a closer for his whole career. So I don't, I don't really like the way he's managed it. I know a lot of Mets fans have not liked it. I think he has a short leash, uh, just because we... Gazelman and Lugo pitched almost every single game. They're going to be burned out by halfway. Jesus. Um, but it, I think they're going to be a playoff team. Uh, I originally thought Nats first, Mets second. After a week, I know it's early. I would probably switch that to Phillies. Uh, I thought the Phillies bullpen would be their downfall. See, but I, I think and the, any NL East team, team does not have a good bullpen. I didn't view it quite the same way as you. I actually figured that the division, actual division crown was going to be the competition between the Phillies and the Braves. Yeah. I viewed the Mets and the Nationals as being basically the same caliber team. Yeah. I just figured that the Nationals... I, I, I was basically just guessing the Nationals yeah. were going to come out slightly ahead of the Mets, uh, which is why I don't think the Mets are going to make the playoffs. But if you told me the Mets finish a couple games higher than the Nets, wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a four-horse four race. But I, 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 when I look at the NL, I see the Dodgers yeah. as almost certain to run away with that division. Right. Um, I don't think enough people have appreciated... I don't even know what the record is. I haven't looked at it, but the, the Brewers, the Brewers oh, are a solid team. They were a yeah. good team last year, very quietly. Yeah. Um, I think that team has a good chance, actually, to win the division. I think they're... Yeah, Especially with the way the Cubs have started Cubs, off. Cubs, but I, I still think Burgers. the Cubs are going to be around at the end of the season. So, yeah. I, if you tell me who like who's going to make the playoffs, I, I think the Dodgers, I think the Brewers and Cubs, and I think the the yeah. Phillies and the Braves. Yeah. Um, and that leaves both the Mets and the Nationals right. on the outside looking in. Yeah, the, I, I, anybody, any of those four teams, I think, can win the NL East, and I think any of those four can be the wild card, but... Uh, it, it's great having Mets baseball back just because the Rangers season, my, my teams have been so bad. Well, maybe not so great right now. They're not, we're not going <laughs> to talk about that. Um, 
But it, it, the best thing about being a Mets fan, I think if you ask any Mets fan, it's having Gary, Keith, and Ron back. <laughs> it's like them just tucking... It's just like a nor- nice tucking... Into, what do you put the team Well, assume, assuming that survives because of all the problems that two of the three of them are causing right I now. I don't think that's going to amount to anything. I think it's just... That'll blow over. No, the the whole Ron Darling thing actually isn't really a big deal. I don't think. Um, but did, did you like, see what's his name? Keith, Keith yeah, he, on he's Twitter. DM'd, uh, he's not even t- he's not he wasn't even, even DM. Uh, uh, Keith, we need to get you on the DM, buddy. I he, the funniest thing was he tweeted out his number and someone's like, "Did you just tweet out your number?" He's like, "No, wrong number." <laughs> Why would you tweet it out and then immediately say no, wrong number? The worst thing is he's very publicly flirting. Yes, publicly on Twitter, not even in DMs. Yeah, well, listen, key. if someone if someone's gonna screenshot your DMs, they can do the same thing. Right. He says, "I'm wary of social media." Yeah. text me. They can do the same thing with screenshots of the text yeah. messages too. Like, yeah, that, yeah, that was funny. I mean, that's a Keith, but it's just great having them back. It's like they like it's like tucking you into a warm bed with them have just having them talk to you as you fall asleep. It's just like a nice lullaby. The funny thing is, you seem already worried about where the Mets are going because most of what you've brought up has been negative so far. Well, But they've been off to a solid start. Well, I, th- I, I think the one through four starting pitching, I was I was confident that DeGrom... I, I was even higher on Mats than most people. People kind of seem I, out, I, out I, on Mats. I can't, I, can't, I can't get behind him because he's never healthy he's, and I he doesn't perform. I think he's a solid number four. This is years now. I, I, I think if he's healthy, he's a solid number four. He's, he pitched but, well. But he, he won't be. Well... We'll we'll see that. I don't want to health, Yan- health. Yankees and health right now. I understand, but these aren't guys. Different. These aren't guys who have had recurring injuries. I mean, we're not going to. We're Matt's not going to. still young. Matt's is still a young guy. I'm not. But I'm we're not talking about this is four or five years now in a row. He's been in the league for five years yet. Hasn't he? No, I don't. He's. This is probably his. Maybe his. Maybe his fourth. Maybe. Well, wasn't the whole like Harvey like debut taking everything by storm twenty thirteen? Uh, Harvey was, I think, 2012 or 2013. And then Matt the year... Matt was probably 2015. It, 2013 it's, or 2014 is when DeGrom and Syndergaard also came up and were a big deal. I, yeah, and Matt's was behind them, so... Uh, so I four or five... Yeah. The point is, every year he's been hurt. I, I'm i I'm confident, and I'm more confident in Steven Matt's than most people. I think he's a, a good number four. Uh, Pete Alonso has been on fire. He exceeded my everybody's expectations. One thing, my one negative with Pete Alonso... He switched his name from Peter Alonzo. Peter Alonzo just rolls off the tongue. I don't know. Peter Alonzo. Peter Alonzo. Like, I mean, you're taking off a syllable. Usually that works. Yeah, but if that's all that's all Pete over there. That's Pete. Peter Alonzo has a ring to it. And I was very mad, but if he's hitting mashing home runs at dead center like this, you can call himself whatever you want. I guess so. I don't know. So, ultimately, though, do you feel generally positive? Yeah, I, I think uh, I thought the bullpen would be a little bit more steady than it's been. Um, that's, that is a concern De- defensively. I knew that going in. Um, and then Mickey Callaway's decision so far have been a little bit concerning. Uh, but I think the lineup is really good, especially when we were all healthy with Lowry, uh, Frazier coming in whenever someone needs a rest and then the Cespedes is back. I think this lineup's going to be really, really good. Uh, and if you have, even if you want to give the Mets three good starters, they're going to be a good, good baseball team. So I, I do think that they're going to still be a, a second wild card. Uh, just Mickey and that bullpen is going to be the real concern going forward. My, I mean, those are my concerns preseason were um, were defense and bullpen, and those things are cropping up exactly yeah. as expected. So I don't view any change to how I saw them. So. Yeah, I, I still think they, they get in. Um, I'm excited about it. It's it's a team. I think if they do get in the playoffs, they're going to be a team no one wants to play because it's like that 2015 season where pitching can 
great pitching can beat great hitting. I guess so, but the, I mean, people aren't going to be afraid of their bullpen, and that's no. What, but I don't think. But the thing is, I don't think any NL East team has a good bullpen. There's a lot of teams that don't have good bullpens. I was like, oh man, the Mets are when they were blowing leads left and right. I watched the Nats. The Nats bullpen ERA is like eleven. This already Jeez. this season. So well, we'll see. Well, actually, yeah, that's because Doolittle blew a couple saves yeah. right around. So I just think no NL East team. Whoever, if one of them can get Kimbrel, like that should be well, the that's, motivation. That's definitely a big wild card. But yeah, I don't trust guys coming in the middle of the season. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's interesting that him and Keuchel haven't been signed. But if one, of the I'm two, less surprised about Keuchel not being signed. Yeah, if one of those guys come in, I think one of those four will probably take a, a big step forward. But. Uh, I'm excited about the season. I do think they'll they'll be in that mid '80s range, and I think they'll sneak in as a as a wild card. All right, I uh, I don't quite see that yet, but it's certainly possible. Yeah. Uh, anything else, Mets really? Do you want to talk about right now? No, what, that, that they're losing right now, so this is not <laughs> going well for me. We can go. We can flip flip over to those shitty Yankees. All right, so let's move on to the Yankees. Um, so I will say the first week or so, although they've been stabilizing the last couple of days. Um, the injuries are starting, yeah. starting to mount in a very concerning yeah, the, They're the Mets from previous years. Yeah. Um, the plus side being that none of the injuries seem to be serious. At least none of the new ones are serious. Yeah, well, Tulowitzki went down, right? Yeah, and I don't that know how you had to expect, though. Uh, oh, 100%. Yeah. I, was, I was just hoping he was going to get us to June. Just get me to June. That's Tula. all I, I was like. Man, if he can give us two solid months, yeah. and then you have to piece together stuff for a month yeah. or two until DD's back. Like, yeah. And instead, he lasted like four games. Yeah, well, I, we have the projections for that. You, I, I had the Yankees at ninety-five wins. I had them at ninety-eight. I think you had them at ninety-eight. I said they would win the AL East. I, I also think they'll win. Yeah. The AL so East. I thought that the the way last year ended with with the Red Sox, I thought they would have a little bit of a hangover, which it looks like they do. It was brutal to have the Red Sox on the West Coast trip to start off the year, uh, but they just haven't looked right, and I thought the Yankees were going to come out firing. Uh, Obviously, the injuries have kind of stopped that a little bit. Uh, I do think that they'll they'll still win the AL East. Well, I was basically what I put down here. I figured as, as injuries and a weak start to a very weak schedule. That is should that be concerning because it's a, it, it was a little concerning to me if, if they didn't if they didn't kind of regulate themselves in this series now with the with the Orioles and they did they right. you know if this result continues holding on they'll have won all three against the Orioles and because when the first start I looked at the schedule I was like man if they could come out. First nine games, two of them against the Orioles, uh, two series against the Orioles, one series against the Detroit. Detroit. Yeah. If they can come out of that six and three, super happy with that. Yeah. Considering how many people are holding, a, how it's going to be held back, and I guess if they win today, they'll be five and four. Right. So not the end of the world. But it was looking bad when it was at two and four. Two, it was like yeah. okay, this and is the a problem. Struggled with the Orioles last year, didn't they? Uh, they did. Uh, they still ended up taking the series, but it was like. It was like by two games right. or something like so that. So that that should be concerned that last year the Orioles were bad. And the Yankees were still really good, and they struggled against him. And the start of the season, it's it's not. It looks like it's correcting itself, but well, I don't think that would be a big concern. The one plus to this is that um, there's almost no one still on that Orioles team yeah. that's on this Orioles team. Yeah, uh, I know because I was sitting down for opening day. I was like, okay, great, uh, and they announced the starting lineup, and I was like, okay, so of the nine starting players you guys just announced, uh, one of them was on the team last year. Two of them, I. Recognized from having been around the league occasionally, yeah. and the other six never heard of before. Yeah, the, I saw someone uh, tweet out the roster, and they're like, other than two names, I would have guessed as a Triple A team. Because like Chris Davis played opening day, I was like, yeah. oh yeah, he's still around. That's yeah. a, the one of the worst contracts of all time. Yeah. Um, and then it was like Jesus Sucre. I was like, oh, he's an Oriole now, <laughs> huh? <laughs> and there was someone else too, and I was like, well, what do you know? Like, yeah. you look at that. But uh, yeah, I don't know. 
the thing about the Yankees starting off this season that I found interesting, like going back to like preseason, there's been a lot of complaining by Yankee fans about their moves or lack of moves in the America, or not in the America, in the offseason to, to add to the roster. Right. And it's real. It made me realize how much some Yankee fans don't know about the league at large, because I keep saying, "Oh, they didn't add anyone at all. Like, they didn't add anyone big." I was like. Do you know who James Paxton is? James, James Paxton, U- University of Kentucky alum. Big Maple. That's uh, that is a big guy. For <laughs> I me. forgot that he was was a big guy for everyone. He's yeah, gigantic. just just my. I've always liked James Paxton. I forgot that he was a Kentucky guy because I just know him. Oh, he's a Canadian yeah. like guy. Like and he went. Him going to the Yankees was was a tough pill to swallow for me. I was a very big James Paxton guy, and then he went to the. I mean, I can understand people like like checking out the box score or, or like you know, looking at like his like his record throughout his career and being maybe relatively unimpressed with him. He's been a guy who's had some injury problems, although yeah. the plus side is none of them have been of like the recurring variety. None are the type that you like, not a shoulder guy, not a, an elbow guy. Like he got hit by a comebacker that like broke he got his attacked head. by an Eagle during a game. He last sure year. did. That's what he's best known for actually <laughs> outside of Seattle, <laughs> um, which is, that was pretty hysterical. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, I mean, like, none of it was, like, the type of injuries that you worry about. Like, you know, oh, he doesn't have back problems. He doesn't right. have elbow or shoulder problems. He's been, like, he hit by a comebacker once. He, like, pulled his hamstring or something like that one year. Like, yeah. this guy, if he's fully healthy, which there's no reason to believe he won't be, um, he's a top 15 p- pitcher in the league. You you had, when we did projections, you, my numbers from our, your I, James Paxton numbers he's were, a Cy Young candidate. were unreal. I won't say it, but... We I, actually, I will say it because it is that crazy. I saw that there was a couple that stood out to me. I was like, "Whoa, he's he's high." One was DJ LeMahieu. Two was Paxton. You have him seventeen and seven with a two point eight six ERA. Yeah, he's he's a stud. That I mean, I love James Paxton. I thought I had him at fourteen and six with a three four four. La- the last couple of years, he hasn't been able to put himself, to- and that's still a pretty solid season. That's a great, that's um, a very especially good in the AL East. That's a very good season. Um, you have him as. Yeah, I top, have him as a Cy Young candidate. Probably a top five AL pitcher. He is a top five AL pitcher. We will see. I thought I saw that, and then I saw a couple other ones. Again, we'll tweet that out. But I mean, he's he's a a horse. He can take on all the innings. He's gonna strike people out. He's got everything that you want out of uh, a starting pitcher. Yeah. He he is an ace caliber pitcher. Um, he hasn't had the opportunity. I think this will be the year that he finally has the opportunity to show it off from start to finish. Yeah. Um, and so people are have been, the Yankee fans have been like kind of poo pooing what they've done in the offseason. DJ LeMahieu won a batting title. He did. Um, I understand Colorado, whatever. I had him at what three ten or three fifteen, something like that. Uh, you had. I don't think he hit three forty five. Like he you did that had three fourteen, which I think was like ten points higher than his career hot best. And you had him twenty. No, that's not higher than his career best. I think it's higher than I, I, maybe higher than his career average. Maybe he had three forty five one year or something like that. Oh, he won a batting title in Colorado. Well, I just remember looking up and your his career three fourteen was one of his higher. It, it may have been amongst the higher. And you had 24 home runs, which I think is double his highest. Well, the thing is, Colorado, even though everyone knows it as a hitter's park, it's not known as a home run park. It's actually relatively neutral as far as home runs. I thought you're... It's a huge hitter's park because the ball flies and the outfield is huge. So there's a lot of doubles and triples here. Your Paxton and your LeMahieu were the ones I looked at and went, wow. Well, the second... Very optimistic. The second Andujar went down... uh, We did this before... Well, because I sent you you the other one. I sent you another one right after. Right, but that was the same numbers. No, I changed the Mayhews. Did you? Okay. Yes, I had the because one. he's gonna play every day now. Okay, so um, I did mine based off of I didn't change mine when injuries went down. When I when I sent you the original one, I think I had him like three ten with like like fourteen or eighteen home runs or something like that, um, and then I boosted his home runs to like twenty four. I, I I think I bumped his batting average a few points. So I looked up 
Uh, uh, someone else just said on yeah, thing. He's, Yahoo. Oh, Sanchez, nice. Uh, Yahoo has their projections throughout the year, so I looked at that. They had LeMahieu at 276. Yeah, that's, that's wrong. For 12 and 12 home runs. I, I, I mean, I that's, him, that's more likely, but I still think I had, t- I had him 288, 14 home runs. I think I can 24 if you don't, bombs and 315 he, is going to be a... He can hit, he can hit to all fields. Um, I like LeMahieu. He's got enough pop. Um, the, the corners in Yankee Stadium are shallow. Um, yeah, and, a Miley ballpark. I mean, it's normal in from left center to right center. It's just down the lines. It's minor league. Uh, down the lines is not even that far different from the Mets. Mets it first. Oh, did you see that that article that said uh, exit velo against at City Field is a whole mile an hour lower than average? No. The, and people are just like that's that's just Mets. Like, there's no ex- explanation for it. Like the same. It's just one mile an hour less for all players. Yes. Maybe that's it's just like maybe that's cameras are broken. It's on an indoor, it's like a barrel ground. It's just like cursed. I went to opening day and I was like, it's so windy. You, I walked in, I couldn't have a, I couldn't have a jacket on. It was so hot walking in. Really, I get the lines. I'm not even going to talk about how long it took <laughs> to get into that goddamn game, but I, I got into the game and it was like 14 degrees where I sat down. Jesus. I was like, I, I, I'm never doing opening day. That's the second one done. I'm never doing it again. I mean. Yeah, it's not worth it. You also have to worry about rainouts and shit like yeah, that. So it's, I, not, so it's not really big. I, I love sitting down and watching opening day at my house. So. Yeah, opening day at your house is great because it's one the temperature. But uh, I I much rather do a summer night baseball game where it's just like it's not gonna be a crazy crowd. It's gonna be relaxed, and you're not gonna have to fucking worry about taking your coat on and off. I've done a mid I've done a mid June or mid July afternoon Saturday baseball game. Brutal. Yeah. But, Couple of them actually. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll tweet out what we did for each, uh, each player. Uh, that should be out in the next week or so, hopefully. But well, I I just I mean that's what it comes down to. I saw a lot of Yankee fans. Uh, now I can understand. Um, would I have liked them to get a Harper or Machado or days past maybe both? Yeah. Sure. Um, but the I don't think people realize how good James Paxton is. Yeah. I don't think they realize how good DJ LeMahieu is, and they definitely don't know how good Adam Adovino is. Yeah. He's a really good reliever. He's, and, really, he's better than Babe Ruth. <laughs> well, I mean, he would trick him out every time. <laughs> uh, that 100% is true. Probably Babe Ruth would be like, what planet are you from? If, if he came, if you just took Babe Ruth from 19, whatever year it was, to now, and just threw him in a game, he wouldn't even touch the ball. No, I, That's not true. He but, would not touch the ball. No, it's not true. But would he perform the way he did? Absolutely not. <laughs> Yeah, he'd be eating a hot dog walking up to home plate, and 99 would go right by his head. Why not? Mark Sanchez ate a hot dog on the sideline <laughs> in Oakland. <laughs> That's true. That's true. But I, I really don't have anything else on, on the Yankees. I think they're oh, going to still I, win the AL East. Yeah. I think their injuries is going to be a big problem. Yeah, but I, I think they're all... CC is supposed to be pitching today or tomorrow on a rehab start, and if everything's fine, he'll be back next week. Yeah. Um, Hicks is supposed to be back by, like, May, I think. Yeah. Um, and Stanton's not going to be gone for very long. You were high on their numbers as well, I thought, for Stanton. But, but, I mean, Stanton won the MVP two years we, ago. He's a great player. We won't go into detail. I want to tweet that out later. I mean, when I gave you the projections, it was with him playing mostly the full season, not missing a couple of weeks. Yeah, but these, this doesn't yeah, seem like a nice serious all first thing. Season. Hicks is a really good player, which people don't realize. And, you know, he's going to miss a month, so it's already going to hold him back. Yeah. I have to drop his power numbers a bit from what I would have expected. But right. uh, I'm, I'm optimistic about the Yankees. I think they have as good a chance as anyone to win the World Series. And, and, and looking at the AL, I mean, you know Houston's going to be there at the end. You know that Cleveland's probably going to be there at the end. Yeah. The Yankees and the Red Sox will be there. Yeah. And then it's just figuring out the last wild card. I don't think the Angels are ready to make it. I think it's wins. Yeah. 
A lot of people like the Twins. A lot of people like the Rays. And, and the Rays were sneaky good last year. Yeah. Uh, like so we'll see about that. But I, I don't have a lot of conviction between... I, I don't know enough about the Twins, honestly. They, it'd be a quick turnaround from how they stripped it down. Yeah. Um, and you'd be asking a lot of guys to have career years because they've had guys leave. They've had guys who've been really ineffective in the past few years, like Sano, like... So, yeah. uh, I don't, uh, I'm not sold on the Twins we'll yet. I, I, I couldn't name a single starting pitcher for them right now. Uh, Pineda. Michael Pineda. I forgot that Pineda is there. Yeah. He pitched yesterday, and uh, he actually pitched really, really well. So, uh, I don't know. That's all I have on the Yankees. I'm excited to talk some playoff hockey, even though my team's not in it. Well, we can start talking about playoff hockey right now, because yeah. we're going to start talking, who? The Islanders. Yeah, Islanders. <laughs> Which I know you're are. not super excited uh, about. Yeah, well... Like I, hockey's probably my favorite sport, uh, so I watch a lot of random teams. I do watch a lot of Islanders games when if the Rangers are not on. I try to catch some Rangers games just so I can talk to you guys, honestly. Yeah. But uh, the, it became pretty obvious to me early on this year that I shouldn't waste my time. Yeah, we'll, we'll get into Rangers. I have a lot of thoughts on that. But um, the Islanders—they've just clinched home ice home first ice. round against the Penguins. Yep. I think Islanders win that in seven. I do too. The Penguins have been very unimpressive the, this year. The Penguins are not that good. No. This is the perfect year for that second tier of Metro teams to start getting good because I don't think the, I think the Penguins are going down. I think they yeah. had their reign and it's kind of going downhill. And it has to happen eventually. It's what the Rangers just went through the yeah. last few years. And that's what it, it was. The Metro had the Caps, Penguins, and Rangers for about a decade where any of those three teams were cup could win the cup. This year, I only think the Caps have a, a real chance. I think the Caps are down from what they were. Yeah, I mean, well, it took them getting hot late because the Islanders were holding number one Metro for like a month and a half. I don't know if you knew knew this, so I took a $20, the day after Tavares left, I put $20 on the Islanders to win the Stanley Cup. It was a good bet. At 20, plus 20,000. It's like that guy who just bet on Texas Tech. Yes, so I have I have the Islanders at plus 20,000. That's got to hurt. <laughs> so... I love it'll it. hurt less when you. you so if the Islanders, I don't want that. I would gladly spend twenty dollars the Islanders not to win a Stanley Cup. But if they do, I you'll have a like, lot of money to wipe away like tears <laughs> for nothing. So I'm a big hedging the happiness bet. I always bet against teams I don't want to win because if they do win, I get money. And if they don't win, I spend money for them not to win. <laughs> so I'm okay with them. I'd be okay with them winning just because I get like two grand, which to me I'm fine with. I'd also be happy if they lose because I just spent 20 bucks, 20 bucks for them to lose. You are bigger on like the mythology of sports I, than I am. I am the most superstitious fan yeah. of all time. I'll switch the channel number, like volume level, to different levels throughout the game to like try to find that sweet spot. Like, you know, it's not going well at 22. You have a whole, I'm going down to 16. You have like a whole, uh, you told me you have a, like a whole system, right? Where like, like if you like sit down, you have to get up a certain time. Yes. You have to sit back in the same spot, yes. or you have to sit in a different spot. So things aren't going Rates, well. I, this isn't island related, but this is just a funny story you made me think of. When the Rangers were down three one to the Caps uh, in twenty fifteen, I think it was the year after they went to the Stanley Cup. I think uh, they were down three one to the Caps, and there was like five minutes left in Game Six, I think. Game five, Game five, and uh, the Rangers were down a goal. And I decided I, nothing was going right. They couldn't score. They couldn't generate an offense. I turned the TV off and sat in pitch black. <laughs> I sat in pitch black. And I didn't. I just sat there. I said, this is the only way they're going to score is if I don't watch. So I was like, oh, well, how do I know if they scored? So I just checked Twitter like every like two minutes. And I just, I just do a quick refresh, see if anything happened. Rangers scored. I said, fuck, I can't watch this. <laughs> so I sat in the dark. Rangers win in overtime. 
I didn't watch. I'm gonna. I just sat <laughs> in the dark because I'm that super. I remember you've had things about like the, with the volume. There's certain thing about when you change the channel in a commercial. Yes. What you have to do I have before to you come twice. back. If, if, I, change if it twice. I'm watching a game, this is, there was something about turning the TV on and off. I think at one point. Yeah, like, I've done. I've done it all. I've done it all, and I. I. I don't think I'll ever change it. I'll be sixty fucking doing that shit. <laughs> I. I mean, I've. I've done some of those little things too. For me, like when the Jets are playing. I'll wear whatever I'm going to wear Jets related. I have like three shirts. I have a jersey. Yeah. So I'll wear one. If they win, we'll wear it again the next week. Yeah, Kentucky. If they don't, you rotate to one of the other. Kentucky game against Auburn, I had, uh, I was wearing a specific pair of shorts the game we won against um, Houston. And I, I realized I wasn't wearing those shorts. I went in my room and I changed. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't work, but I thought that might be And occasionally so I'll do the thing that you were saying where, um, not to the point of sitting pitch black in silence but yeah if things are going bad you know what it's, it's more for me if i miss the start of a game because i'm like i have to drive somewhere or whatever i'm doing if i miss the start of the game and they're doing well i won't put it on at, like right away like yeah. that thing or like if if they were doing well and i turn the game on and they immediately like go the other way i'll turn it back off and i'll watch something else yeah um yeah, so I, I'm like oh they're doing better without me watching they I, don't need me to know I, <laughs> I definitely have something wrong with me the way i watch sports like i can't enjoy it uh, but I back to the Islanders. Yes. Uh, I had again. I had that bet on them. One because I wanted to hedge my happiness. But two, I thought they were going to be better. Like I didn't think people were like, "Oh, they're going to be the worst team in that league." Yeah, I never saw that either. But, um, but I want to raise one point. I saw who found out that John Tavares about, was leaving while I was on a fishing boat, almost dying. Oh, yeah, I was shocked by that. Well, I'm not going to get into that, but I, I was shocked that Tavares left. To be honest. Um, but. I want to talk about one thing because I saw you talk about Brendan Burke when he was reading out like and Sports Illustrated. You left off one thing. All of Islanders fans did not think you were going to be this good. I mean, I didn't think they were going to be this good, but I actually thought they had a chance to compete for a wild card. I, I had them as a second. Before the season, I did projections. I had them as a second wild card. That was much higher than what I saw in most Islanders fans. When, I, I mean, I never put a formal projection out there I in saw the world. Islanders fans lose their mind no, when they most, signed most of them. Leo Komarov and... Philpola, who actually has had a good year. I didn't have a problem with the Philpola contract. It was the Komarov one I didn't like. And so, Komarov's been bad, So I, I... I mean, he's been a good penalty killer, but that's it. Islanders have, fans have every right to be happy and a little bit cocky just because you've exceeded expectations well, when you, when you, so much. But there were very few Islanders fans that saw this coming. What you were talking about with the with the Burke thing, which I thought was cool. That's really nice, the only thing that I put out was cool. For those of you who don't know, Brendan Burke, who's the play-by-play on TV for the Islanders... Um, he read out in the last 90 seconds of the game where they clinched their playoff spot, he read out all of the big, it was guys from ESPN, yeah. The Athletic, all the Dowers, basically. Uh, SI, uh, NHL.com, all the all the analysts who did preseason um, stuff, every one of them had them missing except for Brian Compton, uh, who is an Islanders fan. So. Yeah, so I, I think they're going to, I think they're going to beat the Penguins. Uh, it their structure. A lot of it comes down to matchup because if they yeah. play the Bruins, they have zero chance. I think no matter what round. I playing. think it's this actually leads me into a good point about that the playoff. I hate the playoff structure. I think most people do how they changed it from. I, mean, I don't one, really two, three, care one, one way or the other, but yeah, it's it's dumb. So they took away from us Caps Pens first series, which would have been great. I think the Caps would beat them. But and Islanders, then Toronto. Islanders Toronto. So they the whole reason Gary Bettman switched it was. I want storylines and I want rivalries, natural rivalries. I can understand why they did it. Yeah, but they just took away the best storyline the playoffs would seen. It's not like they knew that ahead of time. I, I agree, but I just think there are so many disadvantages. Tampa having to play Boston in the second round, those are the two best teams in the East by a, by a lot. 
Well, my that should be the Eastern Conference final. My perfect uh, version of the playoffs is Boston sweeping Toronto. Yeah. The Islanders winning. Yeah. Tampa beating Boston and us facing Tampa in the conference finals. I think that is very, very that's I'm not gonna say it's likely, but that can. I think it's that. a realistic possibility. I don't think the Caps are that good. I know. I think they're. I think they're the best of the Metro. But and they're a tough matchup for the Islanders, but it's one they could win. Yeah. I, I mean, if you had to, if you put a gun in my head and said. Pick who you think wins the series. I would pick the Caps. Yeah. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Islanders. Yeah. Well, I think so. I think the Islanders should beat the Penguins. The Islanders, skill wise, don't really match up with a lot of the Eastern Conference teams, but their structure and their defensive play, that that has shown that you can win. You can't. I don't think it's very hard to win a Stanley Cup with that. The Senators did that when they beat the Rangers and they lost, I think, in seven to the Penguins. They had no offense. It was like we're just going to pack it in. You guys will get frustrated, and we're going to hit you with a counter. Yeah, and that's very similar to what the Islanders are doing. So I think the Islanders are going to frustrate the Penguins. They are. Uh, I think they're going to win seven. I think they could win in six. I think they're going to win seven. If they do get the Capitals, I think that one's going seven. Probably. Uh, I do think. Tampa- and part of it is because they are kind of mirror images because Reardon's kept largely the same structure that, that yes that uh, trusted. Yes. So yeah, I, I do think that Tampa and Boston are in a completely different class, though. The uh, thing is, what conference teams? The thing is. When they when they played in the regular season, the Islanders matched up very well with the Lightning. Yeah, but so uh, you they performed that, very well. You in mentioned the that to me before. Now again, I would still pick the Lightning to beat them in the series, the, but the I don't think it'll be the like the blowout that people think. First it round, I think it was first round Canadians versus Rangers, uh, two years ago, three years ago, whatever it was. The Canadians blew us out four times in the regular season. We went zero and four. I think we beat them in five and six. Uh, the playoffs happens. is just a different beast. It, it definitely happens. It's just a different beast. I'm just saying, if you look at some of the specifics, and if you're asking me to like break down X's and O's in hockey, I'm just not good enough to do it. Yeah. But if you watch how they they play, they just matched them up well because it's not the style that the, that the Lightning's yeah. used to, to playing against. Right. Um. And to a certain extent. The Lightning are kind of in the same mold as the Islanders, better, but they're not. They don't have a ton of super high skill guys. They have a couple of. Oh, I think they're very. Their their top end skill demolishes the Islanders' top end skill. Sure, I I mean I understand that Stamkos and and Point, Point and all those guys are off, but they're not rolling four excellent lines. They have two excellent lines. Uh, I think in in the playoff NHL playoffs, skill becomes more relevant than uh, of course, and I think. Tampa and Boston are, is going to be a great series. I don't think Tampa's going to run away with that, as people think. I think Boston's really good. Boston is the team that concerns me the most because they're the team that, when you watch the Islanders play up against it, they're looking in the mirror, but everything is better on the Boston side. Yeah, uh, I think those are the two teams. I'm, I'm, I'm disappointed that that will not be an Easter Conference final, and I'm disappointed that Leafs Islanders would be a fantastic first round series. I think Boston's going to. I, Toronto can't defend. They can't keep the puck out of the net. So I think. No. I think Boston's That's why we beat them, them like 5 nothing, 4 nothing a couple yeah, times. I think, like... I think Boston beats them in, in 5 or 6. And then I think and, and, winner of Tampa. And Boston we know that on. that's their like monkey on their back. They Every time they face them in the playoffs, they lose. Yeah. So uh, I, I think the Islanders have, have exceeded expectations. I, I thought they'd be better than people thought. I didn't think they'd be this good. Uh, but we'll see. That, that defensive structure can win games in playoffs. Uh, it is hard to win a Stanley Cup playing. When you can't depend on scoring, it's going to be tough. One thing I'll say, going back to to the like Islanders fans' predictions of them before the season, um, the big guys that you see like on Isles Twitter because it's it's a weird little community. Yeah. Um, well, hockey Twitter in general is like that. Sure, um, but there's like there's like a handful of people you know at the top. Like even yeah. if you're not an Islanders yeah. fan, if you interact in any way with Isles Twitter, like you'll see the guys from Gotham, like stuff like right. that. 
Um, all of them did admit, basically, yeah, we were right there along with them Every, for not expecting... Thought everybody thought that. I actually thought they had a chance. I didn't think they'd be this good. Um, I Certainly, especially you know, if you look back two months ago, they looked like they were going to have won the division. Like They were holding a convincing lead. They created it a little bit, and then they sorted themselves out right before the playoffs. Um, I'm excited. Next week we can talk yeah. about that more in depth. Yeah, we have draft, actual games draft to talk lottery about. next week, and then the playoffs start. So we'll have we'll have definitely more hockey going forward. Well, I mean, but more even more specifics to the Islanders because we'll have a couple of games yeah. already. Even, by the time we're recording next Sunday, they will be playing the third game of the series that right. day. Gotcha. So we'll have more specifics to talk about those games, that team, that matchup. Yeah. Um, but I guess now is as good enough time as that's my, a pretty solid teaser. My rant on the fucking. To move Rangers. on to the Rangers. Yeah. So this is my fit. My okay. All right, so uh, let's get to your Rangers away. Yeah. So the the Rangers are by far my favorite team that I root for for any sport. Okay, uh, it's the only sport my dad played growing up. So Rangers from like two thousand one on. It's funny because people are like, oh, when did you start rooting for this team? Like when when did you become an Islander? And, and I always say like two thousand four, and then I see players like from like ninety nine. I'm like I remember him. So I have no idea what year I started watching because I just I, I, random players will come up and I'm like. I, I watched it. I've gone through some of that stuff too, because I mean, like, like I've always been an Islanders fan, but that didn't mean anything prior to the year two thousand because I lived in Vermont, right? And we didn't get Islanders well, games yeah. on TV. Well, Islanders fans came out all in out of the woodwork in like twenty twelve. Sure, but there was quiet Islanders fans. I never, I never knew an Islanders fan before probably you in probably twenty twelve. No, but I mean, like my 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 dad was an Islanders fan. Like he watched the Cup runs. Um, yeah. We, we literally couldn't watch the games when I lived in Vermont. So, once we went back to New York, I remember watching them play it's funny against Ottawa in the playoffs yeah. when Char was first becoming, like, a big, like, well-known, like, I grew to hate him, not even realizing that we had traded him because right. I didn't know fuck all about them prior to 2000. I remember seeing them play against the the uh, the Leafs, like, early 2000s in the playoffs, too. Like, yeah. So, but then they were so bad and so irrelevant for so long, didn't bother talking about them. Right. I didn't watch them... As a diehard during those years, right. I just would be like, oh, this, let's watch a game for today, like whatever. This was the first year I can remember that I was like, this is just a forgettable season. This is the first se- I saw some stat. So I knew the stat last year that Hank, Hank, Henrik had played one meaningless game in his career that didn't have playoff implications. Really? That, that's unbelievable. That and doesn't to, seem right. No, before last season, he had one game that didn't matter. That was out of playoff contention. Hmm. Last year was the first year we were eliminated before end of the season, basically. Because the one time in like 2010 we didn't make the playoffs, the last well, game... Well, how long has he been the starter? Like 2006. Okay. Um, Hanks had an unreal career in terms of playing meaningful games. Yeah. Um, this was the season we knew going in this isn't going to be a season. When any when the ownership writes a letter to fans saying, hey, just a heads up, guys. A lot of the players you like aren't going to be here anymore. And that, for hockey culture, the locker room, it's impossible to, to get around that. Hockey is such a weird sport where buy-in is as important as skill almost when it comes to regular season. Like the Islanders had buy-in from internal. External, they had tons of doubt. Internal was, fuck them, like, we're going to fucking beat them. Oh, definitely. The Rangers internal, like, hey, we're, not gonna, we're trying not to be good this year, guys. And that's impossible to overcome. As well, but they wrote that letter at... The trade deadline last year, yeah, but they which said, everyone understood because they were trading away their players, they, and, and, and it was the right move. Everyone had to know the writing was on the wall for that. Right, it was a, it was an open rebuild, which I'm fine with as a Rangers fan. I it I, was time. I it, it, I appreciate it. So I we knew going into the season it wasn't because well, otherwise you'd be the Giants. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
I knew going. I think everybody knew going to the season playoffs was uh, was a prayer. It was going to be a top, hopefully a top two pick. They were just two, they they bought. Well, they finished seventh. I think they finished sixth. Okay. Um, which uh, I think was a credit to David Quinn, just because David Quinn had them playing hard. Credit, credit to the loser point. He yeah <laughs> yeah they 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 should have lost a lot of games in reg- regulation. They just went and got a fucking point. Um. But that is it. As much as I would have liked a, a first or second pick, because Hughes and Kako were fucking legit. Mm-hmm. The next ten, I don't think are in a, is that even close to that tier. I would have loved to have one of those two. Well, I haven't spent any time looking at draft prospects this year because I it looked pretty Say, obviously so, halfway through the season that hey, the, it's the one year the Islanders don't need to. That the Islanders are going to be picking late, and also it looked like coming down the stretch that they might very well trade their first round pick at the deadline. Right. So it yeah. wasn't going to matter for me. Yeah, I, I mean, I've, I paid attention to it a little bit closer. It, it seems consensus it's Kako and Hughes, and there's a lot of guys that are okay. Um, but the, the buy-in that David Quinn has had is un, unbelievable. He's developed guys that I'm like, okay, you know what? I'll sacrifice the top two pick if we're winning games that we shouldn't win. We the Penguins game last night. We were outworking the Penguins, and the Penguins had something to play for. They were playing for home ice. The Rangers had nothing to play for. And the fact that guys were young guys were digging in and, and taking body checks, and that I thought was like, you know what, I'll sacrifice a top two pick for a six pick if this is the, the effort he's getting from guys that have nothing to play for. Yeah. Um, there, were huge, there were huge improvements, I thought. One, Tony D'Angelo. The f- last year, people were like, is he going to make the fucking t- Is he going to be on the team? He was probably our best defenseman. And that for the That's step... pretty surprising. Yeah, the step-on trade, when it happened, people were like, I was very skeptical of the step-on trade. Uh, and now with the, the gift of hindsight, it's actually a pretty good deal. Step-on didn't have a good year. Still getting paid a lot. Ronce got hurt. Ronce is really good, but he got hurt. But he's always been a backup, so you couldn't... I mean, but he's a starter for them. He, he, was, he was playing really well. Uh, no, I get it. So, uh, I, I mean, for me, Ronce wasn't anything. That was just kind of a throw, and we could have gotten maybe a second round pick for him um, by himself. But uh, we got the seventh overall, which was Leas, who ju- you know, jury's still out on him. I'm I'm lower on him than most. Um, I think he projects to probably a third line center. But Tony D'Angelo, I think it, I don't know how many points he ended up with, but he had an unreal season. People are like Tony D'Angelo needs to be locked up long term. Which is so you huge, really think he's the best? Who have they mostly been running with as their, their 60? So, uh, Shea is obviously the, the big name. That was, uh, that's who I would have guessed would have been the best. Uh, Shea had an up and down year. Um, he's a great skater. He just lacks kind of, sometimes he can get outworked in the, you know, in by the crease. He's not as physical as he should be because he's a big guy. Uh, but I, I really like Brady Shea. His skating is unreal. He's a great skater for a big body. Um, Tony D'Angelo was great. Shattenkirk. His advanced metrics are better than his, I think, his actual production. It's a shame because he, he left a lot of money and term to, to come to New York. And yeah. It's a shame that we had to start to rebuild once he got here. Uh, I'd be open to moving him. I don't think he's going to want to leave because he just is like the diehard Ranger fan and he loves New York. It's going to be hard. He's, he's got three years? Two left? years left. After this year, it's two years. Okay. And, and if you retained a little bit of money, he still have value. If you retained... You know, he's. I think he's at six point seven. If you retained a mil, a mil and a half, teams would would take him. Um, he's still a good point. You know, power play guy. If you put him on the second, second or third pair, second power play, he's still going to be really valuable. Um, Mark Stahl gets killed. He's the new Dan Girardi. Uh, you need guys like that. You can't have guys that are just you know smaller that can move and skate. You need someone that's on Stahl. Right? Stahl. Yeah. So with Stahl. Um, 
I, I don't think he's good. I think he's a bottom-pairing defenseman. I don't think he's as bad as people make him out to be. You need someone that's physical um, and, and can kind of clear the crease. So I'm okay with Mark Stahl. Obviously, his, his money and, and his, his, his contract isn't good. Um, unfortunately, he got hit in the eye with a puck, and I think that kind of changed his trajectory of his career. Uh, but I'm okay with Mark Stahl. If we can move him, great. If not, it is what it is. Um, but the other guy I was impressed with was the Kevin Hayes deal. Brennan Lemieux. Has been fantastic. I saw something about him recently. I don't remember what it was. Well, he's a he's a mental case. He's <laughs> shone every light. Maybe that's what it was. I mean, he he literally his first game he's chirping. I think Max Domin. He's like, I fucked your sister last night, oh, and it was like this guy is an animal. And he, you need the Rangers haven't had that guy. The Islanders have a few of those guys, and that's that 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 is valuable. People just say, oh, you need skill, you need skill, you need skill, but you also need a little bit of toughness and the kind of that edge where it's like. All right, he's well, that a was, that, man. That was my that was my issue with the Islanders prior to the season was it, I just figured that they, had they too much got of it. too much of it. Yeah. Yes, that's, so that I, was my issue. I'm I don't okay. I don't have a problem with having like that was what I was saying at the time was okay. You added Philpola, you added Komarov, you added back Matt Martin. Yeah. Any one of those moves, I'm fine with. Right. We didn't need all three right. of them. And I'm, well, and, you, and well, especially especially Komarov because they gave him four year deal. Right. It's insane. I'm okay with so tough. You can have toughness and grit. But you have to. You can't be a waste on the offensive zone. Like Tanner Glass had that, but he was a waste on the ice. Mm-hmm. Cody McLeod, same thing. Brent Lemieux is. I'm tough as shit, but I also can score. I'm not. I'm not a great. I'm not gonna put up 20 goals, but I, I can chip in offensively, and I'm gonna be a, a, a fucking menace on the ice. And he's a. He's an absolute madman. <laughs> he is literally out of his mind. And I love. I love when I when I saw that deal. People complained like, "Oh, Lemieux's not enough." And I was like, "This is exactly what we we don't have anybody that can just go out there and like." You notice when he's on the ice. You notice him just running through people. So I love Brandon Lemieux. I think he's an RFA this year. I think he's going to get locked up, hopefully long term. Um, but we'll see. I, I was well, going big, forward, what do you do you envision him? Is he third line or fourth liner? Like in an ideal world, he's a fourth line guy. Uh, I think he can play the third line. I like our fourth line. The Rangers' fourth line in the Stanley Cup was uh, Brian. Bo- Brian Boyle was like Brian Boyle was better than a fourth line center, but he was our fourth. Like you just have to have that guy that. On most teams, he's a third, but on our team, he's a fourth. Yeah. I would, in an ideal world, he's a fourth-line winger. Stuff I think, to do with salary cap. I, yeah, so I, I don't think... I think the Rangers could afford to lock him up long-term, and he'd probably take a little bit less money. Just, hey, you're, you're giving me four years. I was looking for a two-year. It's give me more stability, so I'll give you a little bit less it's money. It's tough to consider doing that for guys that you think are definitely going to slot into the fourth-line, though. Yeah. Because that's something... The that have done that a lot. Under Snow, they did a lot of that stuff. So and, I'd be open to, like, a four-year... Two and a half million per year. Like, I think he'd buy into that. Like I, I didn't have an issue with them locking up Sezikis because the whole point was they envisioned him as a third line center. Right. If you think he's gonna play in your top nine, okay. Yeah. Um. And this year he's played like it. He's got twenty goals. Yeah. Like. <laughs> yeah. I, I think Le, I think Lemieux is a third line guy, but on a great team is a fourth line. So you can do that then if you think that he should be our third liner and maybe he gets pushed to the fourth. That's yeah. fine. If you're locking up a guy who you know is your fourth liner, I don't like doing I, I think most Rangers fans would put him over the fourth line. I don't like giving term, even if it's cheap, because that was a thing, again, that, that the Islanders did with some of their like their defensemen. It was like, oh, like, he can play. It's like, yeah, but like that, that guy is who you're penciling in as your seventh defenseman. You don't don't care how cheap he is. You don't lock him in on term. Right. So I, I think he would be uh, a good um, addition to just keep around. Sorry, guys. These, my dogs are being assholes. Yeah, Al, you need to figure this shit out. Um, well, someone had to go to sleep early. <laughs> I went on a long I'm, hike. I'm tired. <laughs> um, the other guy was Strom, Ryan Strom. 
Yeah, uh, there was an entertaining conversation with you and Strom today. On Twitter. Uh, well, I've had Strom. I, I thought I was I was low on. The, I mean, it was Ryan Spooners for Strom, so it was a, it was enough. I was thinking about good. chiming in, and I was like, you know, what? I'll just let this one pass. Yeah, um, Strom to me, he had an unreal shooting percentage. Like that, that I, it's not going to last. He just had a, none like, of it'll last. This is a, this is who he is. He gets really hot. He then he falls apart. Yeah, he, he had, had eighteen he, goals though in this as a Ranger. He had like sixty points one year as an Islander. I don't hear that much. It was but 55 or 60. It, it was well... It was when, it was, when he was young, like, people thought, oh, this is going to be... Yeah, it's like, oh, this is it. He's finally right. turning the corner. Right. Then he went, immediately went back to being a 35 point. So, so, I think his production this second half has been... Un, it's unreal to score 18 goals. It, it won't last. As a guy that's traded for Ryan Spooner. Funny enough, he was traded for Ryan Spooner. Ryan Spooner, as a Ranger, had, like, 16 points in 20 games. A little different because Spooner was acquired at the deadline. Strom was pretty early in the season. Um, I think if, if you learn from your mistakes, you you look at the market for a Strom because there probably will be someone that's like he's he's only twenty five. He's found it. He's found his game. Uh, well, Ryan Spooner. That's the, that's the that's a great way to look at it because if you can pawn him off on someone else and get something back from him, you sell high on it because he, it's not going to stick. Did, it's not going to stick. Even in, even without the goals, he did look he looked better. I mean, I've watched Ryan Strom in his career. Really? He looked he looked like he had a different. Gear to his game. That's all. That's always who he's been, uh, and, then, and then it disappears. He runs hot and cold. Yeah, I, I, if there there's a market for him, I would try to move him because Ryan Spooner. 100%. There was a market for him, and they never did it. And then Ryan Spooner, his numbers. He had 41 points in 59 games. That's a really good year, and he just couldn't re- reproduce it. Strom is a stock that you buy short term. The intention of flipping. He's still young, though. I feel like there is. There... You see these guys in all sports where it's like, oh, he's still young. He can still do it. They never do it. Yeah, I. I personally would move him if there's a good enough deal. If there's not, hey, we're gonna we're gonna have another year. He's got he's got one more year in his deal. We'll see. What he's That's got. fine, but if they start thinking about extending him, it's a mistake. Uh, I don't. If you if, start if, if you if, start relying on him, and expect him to play a top extend, six role. Even if they do extend him, it's not going to be much money. Um, the other guy was Gorgiev, who had an unreal season, especially late. I mean, Henrik. I, I feel bad for Henrik because I don't think there's. Rangers fans are like divided on him. I think pre thirty three years old, it was pretty consensus. Now he's 35, 36, 37, and it's kind of like, does he still is he still a great goalkeeper, goaltender? I don't think so. Is he still a good one? Yeah, I think he is. He's just not as consistent as he used to be. He can still put out games where you're like, oh shit, he's fucking still really good. Problem is, that you guys pay him like he's still a top player. Yeah, I, he's his contract's really not that bad. When when he signed, out, I was like, oh, this is gonna be brutal. He's only I think he's gonna have two more years, and with the cap going up every year, it's but it's not going up very quickly. It's going up like a million or two each year. Uh, the way I think about it now is, two years ago, five million dollars is like four million. It's basically a mil difference in terms of of. Is that what his number is? Five? No, his is I think eight point five. That's way too high. It is high, but for a lot of that contract, he was playing above it. That's fine. Um, I. I think it was telling for him because he had, again, like I said, he played games where it was like he's never played meaningless hockey games. And for the rebuild, I think he thought what it was going to be. And I, don't, I think he, his, he mentally can't do it. He mentally can't, like, the team's trying to lose. So he, he even was giving up starts to Gorgiev, which I, I think that's telling where he's like, like, give the kid a give the kid a, He's playing great, give him the game. Like, and I think that's telling for Hank. Um, it's sad to see because he deserves a cup. He's... He's been really, really good. Which is why I thought they should have looked to move him. Uh, I that, Well, they, they said, I'm okay with the way they did it. I would prefer them to say, you know, we're taking, we're going to give the option, but that ultimately we're going to do what's best for us. They gave him the option. I thought he'd want to leave. That's what I would think. And he now, said, I can understand no, him I'm saying, the, like, listen, I only want to go to 
these five teams or whatever. Like, he does in the long league of New York, and I, I, I which is great. Me loves just, that where it's like you know my, probably my favorite athlete of my lifetime is you know ride he, or die with the Rangers. Even more than David Wright. Yes, Henrik Lundqvist is okay. by far my number one athlete. Really, I'm gonna cry when he. I almost cried when Zook got traded. <laughs> I'm gonna cry when Hank retires. Um, but Georgiev has been great. Uh, it's funny, like how great backup goaltenders for the Rangers become. Yes. Because and it's only because of Benoit Allaire, who's our goaltending. Okay. He he just makes stars. Like every backup we've had has been good. It's funny because. Like, you always think of, like, oh, like, what's the most, like, like a coach in hockey can do? Right. Really? Like, he does a lot. It's incredible when you look at, when you actually see a good yes. coach, it's like, oh. Because I've been going through that with the Islanders, who've had brutal coaches. Yes. And now they have one of the best coaches, yes. if not the best coach, and not just Trotz himself. But, but it's, funny. it's funny. Mitch Korn and Pierre Greco, like, yeah. fixing the goalies. We went from being, we, we literally went from giving up the most goals to so the, the least goals. Right. In one season. Right. Part of it is the structure, right. but... It's also a goaltending coach. It's also, I mean, Grice was horrendous last year. Yeah. He is, like, in, like, the top, like, six goalies. Is, and Leonard is also in the top They're six. splitting games, so it is easier to become that. If you gave one of them 60 games, one of them 20, I think those numbers are skewed. That is a whole different conversation. But when they split it almost 50-50, it's much easier to be sharp. Sure. The, the, both of them have great seasons. They're not going to get the Vezina trophy because... Yeah, because one is robbing for the other. Anyway. Right. So, but... Georgiev, unreal. And the funny thing about Alaire is during the opening night, they do the introduction of players and coaches. Alaire gets the biggest of cheer out of anybody every year. The Ra- like Rangers fans know he's like that's our guy. <laughs> they really let him go. So uh, he's done great. It it raises an interesting question though, because Hanks obviously in the downturn. Georgiev is far exceeded what we thought he'd be. He was undrafted, undrafted goalie, and then we have the Shesty uh, and. In Russia, who is supposed to be the best or second best goalie prospect? So it, along, he's with, to, along with Ilya Sorokin, they, it's funny that every ranking has them next to each other. Every single one just flipped every single time. So they just don't know who's. The I mean, both of them have been pretty incredible. Yeah. So. so that's gonna be the only issue is I can I can tell the Rangers are gonna have to make a move with one of those three. I don't think it's gonna be Shesty in, in Russia because he's just regarded too high. They're loyal to Hank, and it's going to be Gorgiev. And I, I'm afraid that Gorgiev is going to keep trending upward wherever he goes. We're not going to get enough. For him. It's possible, but I mean, um, you see, he's that, been great. He's been you see that a lot with with these guys who are really good as backup, and then they get their shot and they become yeah. really average. But some guys end up becoming great. I mean, was, was Ben Bishop kind of went through that, yeah. right? Where he was yeah. a backup, like ascending Vasilevsky as well. He was backup to Bishop. And no, but the thing is, he was a really high prospect, though. Yeah. But ben Bishop was the guy who followed more like the yeah. Gorgiev thing, where it's like. Okay, like yeah, he's been really good at twenty games a year. Can he be more? And he he was, yeah, but group, more group, often yeah. it isn't. So you wanted to talk about the Adam Fox thing, right? Yeah. So Adam Fox uh, is Jimmy VC two Where it's that that is such a great advantage to the Rangers. They have, the league has to change it where these guys can't find this loophole where you're drafted, you go four years of college, and you're a free agent. Because why, why would you not pick that as a as a route? Like well, because you are sacrificing. A lot. Yeah, but if you say you're a year, there's a lot of guys that don't come in after two years. There's, I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna complain. This is benefiting the Rangers. You people want to play for the New York Rangers, so I'm not gonna complain. But Adam Fox um, is was tra- was drafted by Calgary, I think, traded to Carolina, told Carolina basically, I'm not signing with you, Rangers. He was a Rangers fan growing up. He's from Long Island, so it's basically been predetermined he wants to sign with the Rangers. So I think that's gonna be a huge hit because one, he's a right-handed defenseman, 
and he's pretty highly rated by most rankings. He's in the top 50 all prospects. I think um, TSN had him 12th overall, which is much higher than BC was. So if we can get Adam, if Adam Fox does want to come to the Rangers, that's going to be a huge get. If we can have him and D'Angelo as our top two pairing, that's going to be good for the next 10 years. So I always wonder with these college free agents, because it seems like every year or every other year, a bunch of people get excited about one of these yeah, guys. Yeah, there's always one every year. And they mostly don't really turn out, though. Kerfoot's been pretty good in Colorado. Uh, I think Fox seems to be the highest ranked of all of them. VC had the hype because he just won the Hobie Baker. But I, there was a lot of sketch like, yeah, I don't think his game's going to... It was just, he's the Hobie Baker winner. They went through the same thing a few years ago. The, the Islanders son, one who was really highly typed, and everyone's like, oh shit, he chose the Islanders? Yeah, I, I think Because, like, six teams were pursuing him. Like, yeah. he was, like, it was Kevin Churchman. He hasn't done fuck all since he's been the yeah, son. Like, they, I, they signed him, played down the stretch run towards the playoffs, and then has never been seen in the NHL again. The thing, the difference I see with Fox, I do think that there's a case the hype's going to surpass him, but Fox has been talked about before. Like, people have been talking about Fox before he became a free agent. People are like, oh, yes. Fox is a really good defenseman. He's a really high prospect. And then, it'd be, like, VC was kind of the other way around. It was, oh, he's a free agent now. Oh, he's really good. It, this is kind of flipped, whereas Fox is really fucking good the last three years. And now it's, oh, shit, he's a free agent. So I, I do think if he's a, a Ranger, that's a huge get. That helps our prospect Could pool. Be. Prospect pool. Our prospect pool is pretty deep now, which we never had. Kratzoff, I didn't love the pick at the time. I don't think any Ranger fan did. Rest in peace, Woj. Yeah, Woj, yeah. <laughs> Woj died that night. Uh, just because no one saw, everybody thought like Kratzoff was a, an option at our second pick. Okay. So I never really thought of him, and then we took him at nine. And I was like, oh my god, what are we doing? <laughs> well, because you guys all basically were like, no, Wallstrom's gonna. Because that a was Ranger. the consensus ranking. We, it's hard to scout hockey players because there's so many fucking leagues and there's so many players. So you kind of you kind of see the consensus rankings, and Wallstrom's the guy. Wallstrom's the guy. And we take Kratzoff, and it's like, what? Like he was projected like at twenty two. Um, but he, TSN has him number one prospect in all NHL. Surprising. He, he, he had unreal numbers in the KHL and the Rangers scouting love. They love that draft the guy, the young guy in the adult leagues. They don't like college guys. They like, uh, Heedle, same thing. Leah, same thing. Kratzoff, same thing. They like guys that are young, 17, 18, that are playing against men and not putting up great numbers, but they're holding their own. And yeah. Kratzoff this year, I think he was an all-star. He was a KHL all-star at 18. I mean, there's something to that. I mean, like, even looking cross sports, like the Jets in the last few years, they get a lot of shit, probably rightfully so, for drafting, like, guys in the middle rounds who are, like, older guys right. or small school guys. But if you look at their first-round picks, all of them have been from Power 5 schools, yeah. and they've all been guys who were the youngest or amongst the youngest in their draft year. Right. Leonard Williams, Darren Lee, Sam Darnold, all three of those guys were the youngest or amongst the youngest. And even Jamal Adams was on the younger side. Right. Um, and all of them, you know... Two from USC, one from LSU, one from Ohio State. Like, uh, yeah. there's something to drafting young elite talent like that and letting them flourish. I mean, it takes them an extra year to do it. Yeah. So I'm I'm ex- I, again. I was I was one that was skeptical of that pick. I was hoping for him as our second pick, and to get him at nine, and it was like, well, we reached. Um, but he's uh, so far has panned out. Obviously, it's to be determined on that. But his hype has has become the best prospect in. In the NHL for TSN, other rankings have him around ten. But I will say, I mean, these, Wallstrom, these, these, Wallstrom, Kratzoff, that was like a huge debate. Like one has trended skyward up, Kratzoff. Wallstrom has dipped, yeah, pretty significantly. All I mean, you see all of these situations with with prospects, especially in hockey, where it can be years before they make it. Yeah, um, or baseball too. Like, yeah, um, you have guys who like they go flying up rankings of like prospects. They go 
plummeting down and right. you know and then they end up being great or terrible and it's like yeah it's way too early to tell but I'm encouraged one because of how he's been playing in the KHL also David Quinn I think David Quinn has done really well with young players Buchnevich Russian never really hit the hype he was a third round pick but he was projected to be you know a really good NHLer this year under David Quinn he's excelled last 30 games he's got I don't know, he's finished with 21 goals and he didn't have you know that many before the all-star break He's, he's hit his own, so I think I'm excited because of Kratzoff's what his potential has been, but also because David Quinn has shown that he can D'Angelo, uh, Leas to a lesser extent, but Leas has played better the last couple weeks, and then Buchnevich. So I'm excited about that. I think the future is bright, especially if the Rangers can spend a free agency. They have a ton of cap. They're, they're, they have the cleanest, if you go on cap friendly, I don't know if you ever go on cap friendly, uh, I've shows the, the, uh, the salary cap and years of every player and every team. The Rangers have the cleanest cap, just in terms of long-term commitments. They don't really have any. Um, the ones that are which is, which is what you want exactly. when you're going they've through. Done, they've done a great job of getting Shea is the only, Shea and Zibanejad are the only two that are locked up like more than four years. Yeah, and both Zibanejad has far exceeded his contract. He's a he's a surefire number he's one. He's a center. good player. He's a, I think he's seventy-five points this year. Does he have a million? Yeah, he would have had. He would have been a point per game player if they didn't. He got rid. They got rid of Zook. Who was his main winger, and they put him with like VC and you know Kreider, and VC is a third line, maybe a second line winger. So I think if Vuzuk stays, he hits 80, 82 points. Hmm. Um, but I think Rangers wise, they have an important draft. They have a lot of picks. I think next year will will start to trend upward if they can get Panarin, which I think they're they I think they're going to get Panarin. I do think because he said that he wants to play in New York or Florida, maybe Chicago. To be honest, if you're picking between the Rangers and Islanders, more team people than not are picking the Rangers. Sure, um, but I think that Lamorello will have a say. I think, and that, Trotz will have a say. Yeah. And if he's looking at, I want to win. If they're going to offer the same money, he's a guy who I, I would imagine probably wants to win because they're going to offer a similar amount of money. And he's had a taste think, of it with the Blue Jackets. He had a taste of it with Chicago. Um, I would say it's going to be. Chicago. I don't think it's such a, a, a sure thing I, that the Rangers get him. I don't think it's a sure thing. I think the Rangers are the favorite. Well, but a lot of people. I'm not saying you per se, but a lot of people seem to think it is. B- uh, Gross thinks Ranger is done. Um, I don't know if he. Ha- I don't know if he's a guy that has sources, but um, I would say it's going to be Chicago, Rangers, Islanders, maybe like Panthers or something. He, for some well, reason, who knows? They just fired their coach today. Yeah, I. I don't know. I think Panarin to the Rangers makes sense. Which 2020, that looks pretty bad because everyone was like, why are you firing Gerard Gallant? Yeah. And then he's done great with Vegas and yeah. they Florida's imploded. Florida has such a good roster. Too. I, I know, which is Florida. why they fired this coach. I watch Panther games and I'm like, this team should be so much better than They always needed to look at the front office over the coach the issue. Yeah, but I'm excited. I think next year we'll start to trend upward. I think next year, depending on who we get and draft, we'll be... Borderline wild card team, and then the year after, I think we're, we'll be a steady run of playoff. Could be. I'm not sure they're ready to turn that. Qu- well, listen, if they get Panarin, obviously, then they'll be ready to turn the corner. Well, Gort- Gorton even said, like, we've oh, got oh, our, we we got didn't our touch, pieces. We didn't touch on this, and maybe we can leave this for in the next coming weeks once we have more to talk about. But with what's with Sather fully yes. stepping away now this week. Yes, so that was a surprise. I knew it was coming down. Everybody kind of saw it was coming down. Sather's kind of Because that, has, that has the potential to we get, shake up what's going on. If I, The fact that Steve Yeiserman is even being considered... Which really surprises me. Very surprising because... He I just don't know why Tampa. he would He will oh, already okay. left Tampa, I forgot. but everybody thought he was going to Detroit. That, Makes sense. And the fact that he, he already said that 
Well, both teams are kind of in the same spot right now, right? Where yeah. they're in the midst but of this. The fact that he was like, he didn't say, no, I don't want it. The fact that he was like, I'd be open to it is such a big win. If the Rangers aren't on, that would be a huge get. I just wonder, because that has the potential to be that would change a, a great long-term move. But in the short term, it has a chance to create a lot of volatility if he doesn't match up with Quinn. Because Quinn's looked like he's done a good job. Yeah. But they don't see eye to eye if he's going to want to get rid of him and or Gorton. That could be an issue. Yeah, I, I would take, to be honest, i take Stevie Y over all those guys. I understand. I, I, I'm not saying you're wrong to think that way. I just, I wonder... Could that destabilize what seems like a good plan right yeah, now? You I, know what I mean? I'd be very, very excited if we got Stevie Wilder. There's understand. other guys. You know, Davidson was another guy. I'd, I'd be happy with him. Messier was rumored. I don't it's know. It's never going to happen. I don't think that's going to make sense just because... It's not going to happen because then you have to deal with the, the potential of firing a right. beloved. Exactly. I understand I, why. I, and it's pissed him off, but he's done understand why they don't want to do it. Uh, Drury's been mentioned. Drury, I don't think, is ready. I would love Drury down the road, but not, not yet. But yeah, Stevie Wilder comes in. That changes. I, I I think that our team is takes a huge acceleration in the rebuild. That, well, Gordon even said um, we got our piece. Like we got the pieces we were looking for. Like now we're going to start moving forward. So I think they're going to start making moves. I I wouldn't be surprised to see them trade some draft picks this year. We got a ton. Well, with the with a relatively clean cap coming up and with having a high pick and having a lot of young guys on the team, they have a lot of flexibility to. They're in a good just, spot. Just sign or trade and reshape the roster however they want. It's a question for me of do they continue on the plan that they're going or do they shake it all up? And it could be better, but it also could be worse. I think so far they're going to plan. I do think this is part of the plan. We're going to get a certain amount of picks, a certain amount of prospects, and then we're going to go again. We're, we're, the, you know, we're a very, very popular team. We're an original six team. We don't really need to – like we don't need to be – we're a desir- desirable destination regardless of how good of our team is mm. just because it's New York City – it's original six New York Rangers. You're going to have an advantage over a lot of teams. Uh, I would not be. I wouldn't go for Carlson. I know that's a rumor. I wouldn't go for Carlson. He's young still. He's 28, 29, but his his ankles like been shattered for five years. That's going to be a guy at 22, 23 is, or 33 is going to be a guy. It's going to be tough to be paying that much money. Panarin, pay him whatever he wants. Get him here. I think that Kreider is advantage at Panarin line would be a very, very dangerous line. A lot of firepower. Yeah, so I, I'm excited. I'm just, it was a forgettable season. We knew it coming in. There really aren't moments this year I'm like, oh, I can think back to that. I'm like, oh, it's a great moment. There really aren't that. This is the most forgettable Rangers season in my life. Um, but I think they have a good plan going. Well, we'll pick up with that more in the future. We'll have the uh, draft lotteries coming out soon. Yep, next um, week. And we'll have hockey playoffs. We'll be a lot of that talk next week. Um, if the Nets clinch, which they seem like they may, we'll probably talk about that a decent amount next week. Um, a little Nets talk. We got a, we got a lot of NFL draft talk that'll come up as it picks up in the next couple of weeks because the draft is two weeks from or three weeks. Twenty uh, sixth. Al- almost three weeks from today. Um, so we'll have a lot of talk with the draft coming up. Uh, obviously, you'll have baseball. Um, but yeah, we'll just talk about whatever the hell yeah. we want going forward. Yeah. So uh, that'll be all for this week's episode of the Spin Tune Sports Show. Later, boys. You can reach us on Twitter at Spin Tune Sports. That's S-P-I-N-C-H-O-O-N-S-P-O-R-T-S. You can find me and Shafe as well. Uh, I'm at Alessandro B 1187 He's at Shafe Spur. Uh, see you next week. Later.